1: Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952.
2: Woo, baseball! The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow.
3: It's so boring to watch. Shut up. Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive, deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going, going. The big leagues. Going, going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye, the Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang! Zoom go the fireworks, the fan.
1: All right, it is another edition of the Hot Corner. And I'll just steal Patrick's intro. It must be a Wednesday, for it's always a Wednesday. Except Patrick Harris is out. This fine Wednesday evening. So it is I and Joe Fisher with you for the next two hours talking some baseball. Very excited. World Series game two on right now. We are in the fifth inning. Tampa's got a five zip lead on the Dodgers as they try to tie the series up at one game apiece. I was talking to Joe before the show and I was like, hey, you want to talk about anything specific today? Like, I got some stuff planned. And he was like, I feel like we can probably just kill the whole show. With world series i was like i know but i mean like do you have any like hot takes you want (laughs) and you're like "Eh, let's just talk some world series
2: i don't know uh manfred was uh on fox earlier today i don't know if he said anything too controversial you know extended uh uh, expanded playoffs i think everybody's on board with that no nobody's (laughs) on board with that you know uh nobody
1: joe uh, not even orioles fans like that mm -hmm. don't ruin the regular season
2: stop a customer at my job is on board with it. I actually asked him and he said, I just want more games. So that to me sounds like, "Mm." what do you
1: know? Customer at Joe's job. (laughs) Shut up. Sounds like to me, please uh, buy a TV for him though.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, sounds like to me, the, the tide might be changing on that. But other than that, I mean, after world series game one, we had the ALCS and NLCS wrap up and both those games get, uh, both those series get pushed to the brink. So, I mean, we have, uh, plenty to talk about. I feel
1: that we do. I want to talk about game one and the game going on right now. I want to talk about Mookie Betts. I want to talk about how the rays have changed baseball over the course of many years and how that relates to how baseball is viewed moving forward by those in and outside the game. Because I read an article today about my Yankees, but I won't talk about the article. I just want to talk about the tone of the unnamed anonymous scout in the article. Uh, I just thought it was interesting to kind of view how people are looking at the game in the analytics way as well as in the old-school way and how they're mixing or not mixing. So we'll get to that. We have Fair of course, coming up at 8.30 as well. But I do want to begin, because, Joe, you have experienced this. I have not. I think we've probably talked about this in some way, shape, or form before when Patrick's been out. But uh, Patrick's on the solo vacation right now. Patrick uh, no longer works at uh, the brewery he was working at. He has a little bit of time, so he took himself a bit of a sabbatical, he's calling it. It's not really a sabbatical. But How long
2: does it have to be to be a quote-unquote sabbatical? I, I
1: always kind of viewed that as like a month or two because I, I thought certain companies gave executive people sabbaticals, and it was like, oh, you can take like one, two, three months off and go do something to, I don't know, further your knowledge base. I think there's probably some sort of legit reason you're supposed to do it, but how often do people actually take a sabbatical for a legit reason?
2: You just Google real quick how long is, sabbat- is a sabbatical, and according to indeed.com, six months. Oh, all right. Uh-oh. Six months. Things just hey, got a little interesting here. Chris
1: Taylor making up for his error and hitting a two run home run. Five to two rays in game one. Patrick or game two. Patrick is on a sabbatical of sorts. It's not six months long. I can tell you that. Uh, he went to Idaho. He went to Glacier National Park. He went to Missoula and he is in Spokane and Leavenworth and Seattle. And he's going to Forks and he's, he's just kind of driving around the whole Northwest here before he gets back home, which I believe is going to be Tuesday of next week. And he's going to jump back in here and do the baseball show on Wednesday. But so you went on a solo vacation.
2: Yes. Last year
1: uh, to Hawaii. Correct. Correct. Maui. And I've never done this before. But my, what I've noticed from Patrick is Patrick and I, we text, you know, we're friends. We text every now and then, but we're not like crazy texters to each other or anything. We'll text about the show or the podcast or random things here or there. I'm getting a lot more texts from Patrick the last few days as he's on his solo vacation. You know, every once in a while, I'll just get a text like, oh, look at this beer I'm drinking here. Or this is a funny conversation I heard here. or talking about the the baseball games. I
2: miss you. <laughs> I miss your mask. <laughs>
1: And I was just. Wait, saying, this is
2: over. We're getting an apartment together.
1: <laughs> this is uh, my thought is. So he's probably enjoying himself, but he's finding himself more bored, which is why he's going down the phone list and he has reached Mike Lynch and going, "I'll text Mike." Yeah. How many other people has he texted sitting alone uh, at a restaurant somewhere? Well, he
2: hasn't texted me, so. <laughs> Shows how much uh, I, I fall on his list. Well.
1: You're will you'll be you're, you're going to get a text coming up, Joe, at some point. <laughs> he'll keep going down the list. Oh, Joe Fish, I wonder how Joe's I'm doing. I'm snowed
2: in my car, help, <laughs> call for help.
1: Well, he did post on his Instagram that there was snow in Montana, and he did not get the full experience of Glacier. But, uh, you know, it's a risk, risk he was taking. But my question to you, Joe, is when you were on your solo vacation in Hawaii, did you find yourself, maybe bored's the wrong word, but, you know, you're by yourself. You're not having a conversation with someone across from you, next to you. You're just there. Did you find yourself talking to random people on your phone more? Or did you try really hard to just put the phone down and enjoy?
2: It was um it was a little bit half and half because when I went there, I my aunt lives in Maui. I was able to stay in her place, crash into her house while I was there. And she was she was house sitting, so I literally got to like stay at her apartment by myself. And when I came home at night, just went to bed, did my thing by myself. But She was very much like my tour guide. So she took me on the other side of the island. We stayed at a resort on the other side. She had me meet some friends of hers one night out at dinner. Um, And the other crazy thing about my trip was I booked it. When I left, it was probably like eight months ahead of time. So I, I booked it a good chunk of time before I left. And a month before I went... I was posted, I like posted some things about it, how, you know, countdown, you know, how many more days left until I go. And one of my buddies says, like, oh, I'm going to Maui here soon, too. And I'm like, all right, well, what time? He gives me the dates. He's literally there like three to four days, the same time in Maui, about 15 minutes from where I'm staying Mm. on the island. And, this is a real good friend of mine, grew up with him throughout high school. So one of one of my really good friends. So it wasn't a matter of like, oh hey, dude, haven't talked to you in years. I'm going to Maui too. It was someone I've hung out with a lot. So I was able to meet up with him multiple times, hang out with him, watch Blazer games. We went to the Maui Brewing Fest together. And so while it was a solo vacation and I definitely had my times to myself and walked around and did things myself, I had family. I had one of my really good friends there. So it was nice because, yeah, I got to kind of do both. Got to do my own thing. Got to go uh, walk around, go to the beach. I really was on my own schedule. But when I wanted to hang out with my buddy or go do something, I had that as well. So
1: so you had a, a solo vacation in that you went to a place by yourself. But once you were there, you had peeps. Yes. You had people around.
2: Yeah. It, it made it because when i look back i think of that myself it's like i really don't know what it would have what it would have been like if i was completely by myself or i didn't have any family or a buddy there to hang out with and do things with because I could probably see myself falling into the same uh, thing that Patrick was going, th- going through and find
1: himself a beer, sit down, watch some baseball and just text friends, start
2: texting people. Yeah. And I like video chatted with my, my sisters and called my dad at one point, my son and all that just to say, Hey, and give them an update and tell them how cool it was and all that. But other than that, I mean, I was really just hanging out with the other people there. And so it wasn't too like quote unquote lonely, I guess.
1: Did you make any, um, what is the fight club term? What is it like serving size friends or something like that? What is uh, What does Brad Pitt call them? The airplane friends that you make?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know the exact word. Like single
1: but... serving friends or something like that. Right. Did you make any of those while you were there? Like, I... Did you like talk to someone at a bar or, you know? Do the forgetting Sarah Marshall, make friends with the hotel workers because you're there for so long or what's going on?
2: No, I didn't. And uh, in retrospect, I definitely wish that I would have, you know, probably been a little bit more active on Tinder at the time, <laughs> you know. Uh, ten, ten
1: Travel s- mode on. Yeah.
2: Here for a week, you know, that uh, might have stuck out to some people while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I just was doing my own thing. I have no problem. If just- you want
1: some mainland bleep, <laughs> I'm here for a week.
2: <laughs> I, I very much didn't mind being in my own, in my own zone area, my own mindset, and like I said, I had a good enough amount of people to keep me occupied. And my aunt, she was a great tour guide as well. She's lived on the island for like thirty years, so she was very open to taking me, showing me places, and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, if I I I feel like I should have uh, taken advantage of the situation a little bit more, seeing what was out there. Would you, you know, do another solo mean? vacation? Yeah. Hundred percent.
1: Okay, I'm very torn on how I would feel about doing it for myself because I I am somebody. I mean, I'm very good being solo. I I was I'm an only child. I kind of I know how to entertain myself by myself. Um, But on a vacation, it's different because like there's the expectation and the pressure. Maybe pressure is the wrong word, but the expectation to go do stuff, right? Like you're in a different place and you got to fill the time, and you go be a tourist and all that kind of stuff. But when you're by yourself. Some of that might be very freeing. You don't have to worry about anybody else's schedule. You're just doing it on your own time. But other parts, you're like, man, I'm really enjoying this. I wish I was sharing this with somebody.
2: hundred percent. I felt that uh, a few times where I'm like, gosh, this is awesome. I wish I had someone to ask, did you think this was awesome too? Right next <laughs> to me, you know, like, because I went snorkeling. I went on a um, a snorkeling, like trip out to an island somewhere. And then the last night I was there, I did and this was probably one of the moments where I was like, yeah, I really wish someone else was here with me, is I did, like, a dinner boat uh, yacht cruise thing just for the night where they took you out into the water, gave you a really good dinner. Mm, <laughs> very
1: romantic sounding.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, very much so. And I was, and they had, like, tables, you know, so you had your number and you sat down. And they paired me with, like, a 55-year-old woman from, like, New York that I had to sit at a table with. Aww. And so it was. Was it it a nice conversation? (laughs) Did
1: she hit on you? Was she coogan it up?
2: No, no, definitely not. Mm. And I'm glad she didn't. But (laughs) it was it was nice to talk to someone who was like basically from your side of the country to get her perspective on the island and stuff. But yeah, that was one of those moments where like, this is uh, this is kind of lame.
1: Yeah, they put me with a 55-year-old woman because we're the only two people on this dinner boat without a <laughs> <partner. ourselves>, yeah <laughs> uh,
2: Another Mai Tai, please. Yes. I'm just going to get smashed Make it a
1: triple. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, all right, so let's get into the World Series and the baseball notes from said World Series. We'll begin with game one, which was yesterday, and the Dodgers took a 1-0 series lead with a big convincing win over Tampa. The big note of the game was... Why did Kevin Cash leave Tyler Glass now in the game as long as he did? We'll discuss that plus other notes from game one on the Hot Corner with Lynch and Joe today on 1080 The Fan.
3: This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
1: Bottom five game two World Series right now over on Sister Station 910 ESPN Portland on Fox right now on TV, which is where we're watching it. The Rays have putting Nick Anderson in the game. He's their best reliever, arguably, and he just struck out Justin Turner to end the threat in the fifth. We are headed to the sixth with the Rays up five 2 we'll get to today's game as it goes final. Man, but, uh,
2: things could have uh, changed drastically right there
1: that they could have Chris Taylor's two run home run a bit of a momentum shift. But you know who learned from yesterday's mistake? Kevin Cash. So Kevin Cash pulls Blake Snell. What does Nick Anderson do? Struck out, strikes out Justin Turner. Inning over, they still have their three-run lead. Yesterday, it was 2-1 Dodgers. Kevin Kiermaier just hit a solo home run to cut the lead in half in the fifth. And Tyler Glass now is out. I want to say it was like 94, 95 pitches. And they bring him back out for the bottom of the fifth inning. Mookie Betts walks. Mookie Betts steals second. Corey Seager walks right here in the game. I think he was already at 100 pitches. That is where you pull glass down 100% of the time, right? He's walked two batters. He's known for being wild. He's incredible. His stuff is so good, but his big drawback is he's wild. He walks two batters. He's at his pitch limit at 100, and what does Kevin Cash do? He goes against everything that the Rays have been doing for years, and especially this year. He leaves his starter in when you've got a hammer bullpen in game one of the World Series. What happens? Justin Turner did strike out, but another double steal. Great base running from Mookie Betts in the Dodgers. Second and third, one out. Fielder's Choice Betts scores. Will Smith, RBI single. Then he pulls him, and then Ryan Yerborough comes in and gives up a bunch more runs in that inning, and it's now 6-1 Dodgers, and the game is effectively over going into the top of the sixth inning. I just don't really get it because that is not the Rays way. Leaving in Glass now at 100 pitches with two walks in a row is old school baseball. It's, well, we only have one or two relievers that we trust. This is our guy, this is our ace. He's going to be the guy to get it out, uh, get out of this inning. But instead, you leave him in there when baseball has changed and your strength is your bullpen. And you lose game one almost exclusively because you left glass now in for too long. And I know you get into the world series, you get into the playoffs and you really nitpick these little decisions, but they matter at this point in the season, they matter. And going against everything that he has been about was such a shocking about face from Kevin cash that I just, it's almost as if he overthought the overthinking the Rays consider themselves the smart guys in baseball, right? I think they're the smartest team in baseball, just as an organization, Kevin cash, looked real dumb in that move and it really backfired
2: and and i 100% hear what you're saying on that because that i mean that is the strength of this race team is the bullpen being able to go to those guys there's always this feeling that i have when you get to this point in the playoffs world series is let your horses ride it out see if they can go the distance get you and like you said he was at 100 pitches already so i mean He
1: finished with 112 pitches and four and one-thirds innings. So he was just – I mean, he was wild. He had six walks in the game.
2: And his fastball was a little all over the place too, high, away. So it wasn't – He was probably too jazzed up. Yeah, so, yeah, it was was strange seeing him leave him in for so long. But I I can't blame him for trying to get the most out of him because I feel like that's what you got to do. This is the World Series, and you got – I mean, really, you have one of the best pitching starting pitching staffs in the league, too, with the Glasnow, Snell, and Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton even more so when you get to this point in the season. Pitch great in game seven. Yeah, so you want to see how far you can get these guys to go into the game before you have to go and in, tap into that bullpen. But it obviously did not play in the way that he wanted it to in this one instance. But well, as you're saying, he's not doing that tonight with Snell.
1: That is true. Well, I mean, hindsight's 2020, 20, right? I mean, if yeah, this 100%. works out and Glasnow – maybe gets turned to to a double play and he gets out of the inning. Then Kevin Cash is a genius and he's really mixing old school and new school. Well, which is what a lot of people want when they're watching their baseball teams. But the weird thing, even after that is that he brought Ryan Yarbrough in immediately. Now Yarborough's good. He's been an opener for them pretty frequently. He's also can be kind of like a starter, but you have runners on base. You're in game one of the world series And you've got a stable of guys who throw 98, which is Kevin Cash's own words. And you bring in your soft throwing lefty. Again, a little bit confusing to me. You know, I know you've got some lefty hitters in the, in the Dodgers lineup and you're doing some matchups, but in a situation like that, you need your best stuff guys to get you out of those dangerous innings. It's one of the things that the Rays have always done very well. It's something that the Indians have done in the past. Uh, It's something that the Cardinals have done in the past is using your best relievers in the, highest levered situations possible. And it means not using a guy like Nick Anderson in the ninth. It means using him in the fifth inning right there to keep the game at that point at two to one or three to one or whatever it was when, when class started giving it up, um, going to Yarborough is again, it was a little bit weird and then they blew the game open in that inning. They were able to throw two of their schlubs out there and Fleming and Curtis guys who you don't really trust them in a world series game. You, you know, you kill the some innings and you go pack up and go to game two. But I just felt like Kevin Cash didn't give his team the best chance to win yesterday. The Rays are not, talent-wise, the Rays are nowhere near the Dodgers. So you really got to be managing correctly if you're Tampa to keep this series close. And that was a complete failure from Cash yesterday. So far today going much better. But again, I'm just looking at it in the bubble of game one. Um, I just, I I hated that decision. Hated it.
2: And the way that Kershaw was playing last night as well.
1: Playoff Kershaw did not show up.
2: Yeah, his slider was looking nasty last night. Um, and then you saw once they got towards the back end of the game, they gave up a few runs, the Dodgers did. So uh, you wonder if he would have stuck to his guns, kept the runs low on the Dodgers' side, that it would have been a tie game. If it would have been a one-run game, two-run game, and it wasn't so much insurmountable for them to come back. Because even when it was 8-3, to three, it still was like, all right, five runs. Well, no, they're not getting this. We're in the Yeah, Tampa's offense is dreadful. Exactly. So you still didn't have that confidence in them to make that full-blown comeback. But if you're right, if they would have just played it right, gone to the bullpen earlier, made the damage minimal rather than letting them explode out to a seven-run lead, then it could have been a much different story. And then when you have that one-run game, you can manage things even more differently then. So...
1: The the big note of the game on the Dodgers side, the reason I'm focusing on the Rays right now is Mookie Betts was the star of the game, and I want to spend a segment on him next, so we'll get to Mookie Betts in a second. He was the catalyst of all catalysts for the Dodgers yesterday, but Kershaw is a great little uh, quick aside to, to get to before we have to go to break here is Kershaw again in the NLCS had playoff Kershaw come out, and he pitched well for a bit, and then he gave up the runs. What was it? Was that game? six? was it game six? Was it game five? I don't remember which game it was where he came in. He gave up up the game late. No, because they were down 3-1 and they won the last couple. So it must have been game four or game five. I can't remember exactly which one it was. But playoff Kershaw came back again and the Braves wound up winning the game late off of Kershaw because he just folds in the playoffs. We've seen him have success in the postseason before, but generally he's not a great postseason pitcher. But on the big stage, game one, World Series, dominated the Rays lineup, eight strikeouts, six innings, and uh, two hits, one earned. He had 78 pitches. They pulled him a little bit early, but they pulled him early because they had the big lead. It
2: was game four. Uh, that's what it was. Where yeah, it, yeah, which is
1: where Atlanta took the 3-1 lead. It was 2-1. The Dodgers had won the game before by a bajillion runs, and you're yeah. like, oh, here comes the momentum. And he pitched well for like, what, four innings and then gave it up in the fifth. But he also came in uh, in game seven, didn't he? Wasn't he one of the guys who came in in the bullpen for the Dodgers? Boo. He might, uh, or he might've been planning on it again. I I don't fully remember. Apologies, but he's pitched better in these, in these last two performances from, from what we've seen generally. And you would have left Kershaw in way longer if it was a closer game. So maybe that means there's a potential for him to blow up again, or you pulled him at the right time, but you know, he threw 78 pitches and it was a great performance. I don't, it's tough. Sometimes I laugh when things like this happen to good pitchers in the playoffs. Like I love that Kershaw struggles. I love that David price struggled uh, you know, et cetera. Just like you kind of laugh about it. But after this many years, a guy that is as good as Kershaw, you kind of feel a little bad too. Yeah. A little bit.
2: And I think with it being game one, it made it a little bit easier for me to root for him because this wasn't a game deciding uh, game or a series deciding game rather like to close out the series. Because I mean, if when it comes to rooting interest, I want to see the Rays pull this off. They're the little guy in the league. They represent the small market teams teams with the smaller payrolls. And I think we have a little bit of a David versus Goliath story here in that the world do. series. So
1: I do not want the race to win. Cause I hate them.
2: Yeah. I I'm understand for the you're Dodgers. coming from. <laughs> like I said, they represent the small market teams out there a la Baltimore to uh, show them that. Yeah, you can do it at only $70 million a clip per year. So the fact that it was a game one to start the series, it was a little bit easier to di- digest because yeah, after a while you like, you sort of said it, you felt a little bad for grocery. Like really this dude just every single time, it seems like he just can't catch a break. He so, is
1: one of the most dominant regular season pitchers probably of all time, or at least that we have seen in our lifetime.
2: One is, what's, and he's
1: just booty in the playoffs.
2: Well, it's wild too, is that he's now number two in strikeouts in the playoffs. Wow. I mean, they put Plus up the, the amount of
1: appearances he's had.
2: Exactly. They put the, put up the graphic cause I'm pretty sure he passed John Smoltz last night with his eight strikeouts, put him Two, three, or four behind number one. I'm spacing on who number one is, um, but so, so yeah, you're like it's got to give at some point, and it finally did last night, and it was it was cool to watch because he was locked in too after Bellinger got that home run and he went into the dugout. Kershaw gave him a high five, but there was no smiles on his face or anything. He was locked
1: in. Well, then he came out and gave up a solo homer to Kiermaier (laughs) the very next inning. Right, right. The first home run from a lefty against Kershaw. Oh, who knows how long it
2: it was, uh, dude. And it was just like right on cue because he threw a nasty slider, and I was like, "Oh, that slider is going tonight." And then immediately hung one over the plate for him, and then just smashed (laughs) him like, "Oh, well, there you go." But, um, yeah, it was good to see him exercise some of those demons. But, again, if this was a game six, game seven to decide the series and win it all, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the old playoffs. Uh, Kershaw come back.
1: Let's uh, let's dive into Mookie Betts coming up next segment. The, uh, the player traded away so that a certain team could have financial flexibility. And uh, now, well, game one, he was the star of the World Series for the Dodgers. There's also been a score change. In game two, Joe will tell you that next in a Sports Center update here on the FAN.
3: This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 the Fan.
1: 735 here on your Wednesday evening. Patrick is out gallivanting around the Northwest solo on a little bit of a vacation for him. He'll be back next week. Joe and I are with you till nine o'clock tonight. Fairfoul coming up at 8.30. We are talking some World Series. Game two is in action right now. It is six to two Rays after a sack fly from Joey Wendell who's been a big contributor for Tampa today off of Joe Kelly. Scored G-Man Choi and uh, gave them the four-run lead right back after giving it up in the previous half inning. We'll keep you up to date and we'll wrap up game two once the game ends. Uh, probably closer towards the end of the show since we're only in the bottom of the sixth right now. But uh, the star of game one was one Mookie Betts. As he in the game went two for four, two runs, an RBI, a walk. And a couple of stolen bases on the exact same batter.
2: Now, my question well, is. Well, two batters in the exact same half inning, I mean. Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Tacos or just regular nacho cheese? What do you uh, go with?
1: I'm going to go with Cool Ranch because it is the superior Dorito.
2: Indeed. Nacho cheesier
1: has its place. But then you get the cheese fingers, and well, I mean, but you get the ranch fingers from. I mean, you're eating Doritos; you're expecting to get the fingers.
2: Yeah, but there's a less chance of stains or the orange to end up on your shirt, something like that. I would much rather have a, a cool. I mean, like cool ranch. Does does it leave a stain even? I mean, I don't mind. <laughs> I li- mean, it's
1: got the little residue of the of the ranch L- flakes licking
2: the fingers after. It's, uh, it, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um. <laughs> I feel like, where, where is it? I'm trying to find, I was going to say, you,
1: I don't know where the drops are for this show. I don't sit over here ever.
2: There it is. Exactly. That's the cool ranch sound. Um,
1: I just feel like when you go into eating those chips or snacks, those snack foods, uh, you're, you're ready to get your fingers covered in dust of some sort like Cheetos. I mean, like sure. you're having Cheetos and well, your fingers are orange for the next day. No matter how many times you wash it, it stains you. <laughs> Or red for red hot Cheetos. Two showers later. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, but I'm just, Cool Ranch is better, man. I've never had any of the Doritos Locos Tacos because I haven't had Taco Bell in like 10 years. But I would choose Cool Ranch over Nacho Cheesier.
2: That's a good decision. Good decision. Yes. And we
1: decided, I actually don't know, why did we get tacos from Mookie Betts? Because he stole a base? Is that what it was?
2: Yeah, that's the promo. That's the
1: promo. So you get two of them then, right? I don't know. Because also Corey Seager stole a base, so they had three stolen bases. Uh oh.
2: Uh oh. Oh boy, things are getting. Uh, Will Smith,
1: Willed another it. big hit,
2: getting Willy with it.
1: That he is six to the six to three. Getting higgy with it. <laughs> Bottom of the sixth inning, Mookie Betts stole two bases in the same half inning, the one that led to the big outpouring of runs in Game One. Also, a solo homer later to make it seven to one, Dodgers and. Every single time you see Mookie Betts do something good in the postseason is another reason to go, why on earth did Boston let him go? (laughs) I remember saying this on the show. Like, I'm a Yankee fan. I hate the Red Sox. Of course I wanted Boston to let Mookie Betts go because I don't want to see him in the AL East anymore. But I I think I said on the show, as much as my personal fandom wants me to see that happen, the Red Sox are going to be idiots if they let Mookie Betts walk. He is a a once-in-a-generational player. He is. And I know he didn't love playing in Boston, and there's the racist undertones of the city, and I think he referenced that specifically as a reason he didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, And the Red Sox had kind of switched their entire front office, and they were trying to save some money, and they realized they had spent way too much on players who did not play up to the level of their expectations. But you have Mookie Betts, and I saw a great quote today. I I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it said, The Red Sox have done this twice with Mookie Betts and Babe Ruth. They've given up on somebody too soon for reasons that didn't make any sense because you had a generational player. I'm not saying Mookie Betts is as good as Babe Ruth. Not many players are, but Mookie Betts is a rare talent that when you have, you hold on to for dear life unless he, for all absolute, any reason doesn't want to stay. I think Mookie Betts was willing to listen and the Red Sox were just kind of like, Bye. They're- and it, it, so he goes to the Dodgers in a trade, right? Just one second. I just want to finish the no, story. It's all good. Goes to the Dodgers in a trade, which the Red Sox get basically nothing back for. They got Alex Verdugo, who's a good young player. He played okay before he got injured this year for Boston. It is a weird year. So, you know, maybe it's going to be a little bit better moving forward. But you get Verdugo, you kind of get nothing else for it. And then you're like, oh, well, the big plan is they send him to the Dodgers, but they'll resign him next year, and they got something for him. Not so fast, my friend, says Lee Corso, as the Dodgers locked him up to a long-term extension basically immediately upon getting him.
2: He's <laughs> not, not just going a long-term to be a free agent. 12 damn years. Yeah,
1: he's not going to be a free agent ever again. He is a Dodger <laughs> for life, uh, unless they trade him, I suppose. So not only did you not get a lot back, you got rid of your generational player for financial flexibility, quote-unquote, uh, and now you're just, you suck. The Red Sox are not a good team. They don't have a lot of talent anymore. Uh, the pitchers are old and often injured. They've got some good young hitters still. I love Bogarts. I know Benintendi had a bad year, but I like him as well. J.D. Martinez is over the hill, apparently. Um, you know, you got Devers as well. But you just, I don't, if you're a team, especially a team in a big market, you do not get rid of your star, superstar, generational player. You don't. And every time Red Sox fans watch a playoff game now, For the Dodgers and they see Mookie Betts do something impactful, they're going to cry a little bit because they realize their team is an idiotic franchise.
2: And you you already mentioned it, that the Red Sox wanted to, quote, unquote, save money. B.S., dude. This is basically since they won the World Series for the first time. This team has been one of the more popular franchises in all of baseball. And their payroll and their spending and the money that they have coming into that franchise has only gone up. And I'm sorry, but your 2018 World Series run, I just looked this up, your payroll was $223 million. So this whole, well, we need to look at our books and cover caught like that is some Miami Marlins, Derek Jeter BS, which I am not buying because you're the Boston Red Sox, which basically just behind the Dodgers and Yankees. You have just as much money as anybody else in the league to be able to cover those costs. So saying that we need to let go of one of the best players in the league, our MVP, one of our key pieces to our World Series run, I'm just like, that, that's even more baffling to me. Like, you couldn't afford it? No, the Rays can't afford it. Teams that are bottom of the barrel can't afford it. But you were a year out from winning the damn World Series. And you have other guys that you don't need to pay on that team, and you got rid of some of them. But Mookie Betts, that's the guy that you say, oh, we just possibly can't afford him. We just (laughs) can't make that happen. It's like, well, you know what? The Angels were able to pay Mike Trout, all right? And it's not like those guys are rolling. And Anthony Rendon. It's not like they're exactly pulling in the money left and right and having successful season after a successful season and have this huge It's like, no, when you have players like that, you make it happen. You give them what you want because you know that even if we're in a tough spot right now, financially, and we need to do a quote unquote rebuild that that's a guy that we need to have on our team, no matter what. On
1: the flip side, if you want to take a devil's advocate approach to this, if the Red Sox knew they weren't bringing back Mookie Betts. Why not trade him before everybody realized that they weren't bringing back Mookie Betts? The return they got was terrible. It was a three-team trade, but they didn't get anything great out of it. Verdugo, fine. But this is Mookie Betts. Like, you you need to get a huge return for a guy like Betts. So I don't understand why they didn't just send him away earlier. I mean, maybe you're trying to save face with your, with your fans. You don't want them to think that you're not trying to win. But – this is worse in the long run. It's way worse. So trade them for a boatload of players and prospects and try to reset if that's what you're trying to do. If you're gonna to try to be a team that's a little bit more frugal with your money. They did hire a former Rays executive to to lead up their their front office, then be smarter about that and don't just let them go for nothing. So that was that's kind of the devil's advocate is okay, if you've if you've committed and you're not gonna be talked off that ledge as dumb as I may think that is, then do a better trade than what you did.
2: And I'm looking at it right now. I was able to pull up the last few years of payroll around the league, opening day payrolls for teams. Boston literally since 2004 has had a top payroll, top four, top three in the league every single year since 2004. And it resulted in, I mean, you got 2004 was the first year they won it, right? Yep. You got three World Series out of that. Out of being a top spending team, three World Series in a 14 year run.
1: Now you also saddled yourself with some big contracts. Correct. Chris Sale's contract is enormous. Uh, David Price's contract is enormous, and neither of those Price not even on the team anymore, and Sale basically is not on the team because he's always hurt. Won't be for long. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I mean, there's negatives to doing it too. Trust me, as a Yankees fan, I've seen the negatives and the positives of it. But you're right. You have the money. You're Boston. You're not Kansas City. You're not Baltimore. You're not Tampa. You're not San Diego. All the San Diego spending now, too. Good on them. If you You have the money to do it. And baseball is meant to
2: spend money because there's no salary cap. Yeah.
1: Just keep going. But they didn't. And the let go Mookie Betts.
2: And I get it. I mean, like, you're, you're seeing a team right now in the Rays. It's like, well, they didn't spend a lot of money, and look where they are. They're fighting for well, World the Series. Well, the Rays are geniuses, of, apparently. One of the best teams in baseball the last two, three seasons here. But, again, that is not by, like, choice. They're like, oh, you know what? We have $150, $200 million to spend, but we're just going to do a third of that, a quarter of that, and not try and uh, get the best talent. It's like, no, they have to do that. They have to be smart and find talent and win a certain way because of the restrictions they have monetarily. So, again, it's just that's the one thing that always will baffle me. It's like if you got to get rid of Mookie because of clubhouse issues or you got to offer for a trade and, well, we can't pass this up, well, you had a generational player and you could have paid him, could have made it happen, you had the money to, and you didn't. You just didn't want to that, to me, is inexcusable. Couldn't have happened to a better
1: franchise. <laughs> Couldn't have happened to I'll a agree. better franchise. I agree with you, Mike. Franchise. Mm, poor Red Sox fans. Oh. Oh. You guys don't want to watch Mookie Betts? Oh, You should have taken him. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, and I'm also sour because my team likes to give $160 million to Chris Davis. <laughs> hey.
1: <laughs> hey. I'm a little sour. That was a.
2: That was a deal. That
1: was something. That was a thing. That was a thing that you guys decided to do that backfired in one and a half seasons. And then Manny Machado walks. <sighs> Although he's not exactly playing super great in well, Oh, this year was better, but last year, three hundred million dollars. Five worth player. Is he worth? Is he worth three hundred million dollars? Yes, I agree. Yes, <laughs> he is. Uh, only Patrick thinks he's not worth three hundred million dollars. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, more coming up on the World Series. We got Game Two. Update for you coming up next. The Rays are up, and Yandi Diaz just led off with an RBI single. 8 o'clock hour. I want to get into how the Rays have changed baseball as well as that discussion of kind of what Kevin Cash had to decide in game one, analytics versus old school, and then we have fair foul at 830. That's also to come. Text the fan text line, 503-250-1080, and uh, we'll uh, talk some more baseball next here on The Fan.
3: is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 the fan
1: 751 here on the fan Mike and Joe with you on the hot corner today Patrick back next week 8 o'clock hour has fair foul coming up plus some analytics chatter but uh, this just happened in the last inning and we weren't watching the game fully because while we're doing a show But I was on Twitter in the break. So I guess on the Will Smith home run that he just hit in the sixth to make it six, three, a guy in left field caught the ball. There are fans in Arlington. There's 11,000 fans at Globe Life Park socially distanced. I imagine they're maybe not doing that very well, but you know, there's fans there because Hey, it's baseball in Texas. And the guy catches it with his glove. He then takes the ball out of his glove. He's standing now. Both his hands are up in the air. He's doing the Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. He then fake throws the ball back into the field and then throws his glove into the field instead. And he has this face of, it's a mixture of, oh, yes, I didn't mean to do that, but also like, ha ha ha, take that a Rosarena. My gloves coming your way. It was like he was caught in the decision of what to do. And then he sits there and he points like, can you give me my glove, gu- my glove back? <laughs> it's like, well, dude, you just, you threw it at, a, at, at the left fielder on the field. What are you doing? So it's on Twitter. You'll find it's all over the place right now. Everyone's making fun of it.
2: If you're a Randy Rania Like how, like your team just gave up a two run Jack closed the deficit a little bit. And then a fan goes and does that. Like how pissed are you right now? Like, dude, what the hell? Did he (laughs) –
1: I'm I'm watching it again. He throws the glove, and he kind of does this thing where he's like – it's like a Robin Williams maneuver where he goes, huh. Like he puts his hands back like, I didn't mean to do that, but (laughs) – and then he starts waving both hands left to right, and then he starts wiggling the ball hand back and forth, like in like a lasso motion. And a Rosarena is just kind of like, Huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is he doing? I think everybody watching that is, what? Is he wearing, he's not even wearing his mask. It's under his chin.
2: Are they serving alcohol at the game? Is I would imagine
1: they are serving plenty of alcohol concessions at the open?
2: game.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to look at his wife. His, his wife is next to him and she's cheering with him as he caught it. And he throws the glove and she puts her hands up, like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Would you ever be drunk enough to throw a glove onto the field at a baseball game?
2: This guy's uh makeup too. Uh barstool big cat pointing out. He's wearing a choker shell necklace. A like <laughs> Basically a V-neck Abercrombie shirt. It looks yeah, like Yeah, it,
1: it like is a, an Abercrombie. It a, has the 71 cut off in half
2: like a button, a button up V-neck kind of shirt. But all the
1: buttons are undone.
2: And then uh, he wants to show off his and, chesticles. And then he says the makings of a mullet. Love this guy's whole vibe. <laughs> I saw
1: the tweet that said this guy's dressed up like he was in junior high in 2007.
2: <laughs> <My laughs> As
1: God. someone who was in high school in 2007. I concur. <laughs> that look is <laughs> that look is very, very, very accurate my lord yeah what is what yeah i didn't even notice the necklace it is a choker like puka shell like puka <laughs> shell mixed with like like tribal necklace that's a do you think this guy thinks he's really cool
2: that's like a uh do you think this guy peaked in high school it's a more broke version of like guy fieri guy fieri right there hey this, don't
1: you disparage guy fieri i'm
2: not, I'm not saying it is that he dresses like a middle schooler himself he wears an armband frosted tips has like yellow oakley's like he, he dresses like someone in, in 2000, eh, I would say early 2000s in high school, oh, oh 02, oh 03. Uh, this guy, yeah, definitely pulling off some mid 2000s uh, middle school entry level high school <laughs> vibes here. That was atrocious.
1: Uh, give yourself a, a chance to listen to the audio of it as well because Joe Buck, they go back and they show him, and Joe Buck just goes, What? He says, a Rose arena a looking as confused and confused as all of us are. <laughs> that guy just threw his glove on the field. There's just this weird pause of, huh? What just happened? Anyway, that's uh, that's world series baseball for you.
2: Well, Joe Buck with a uh, questionable, uh, commentating a, a moment earlier tonight too about Dustin may, talking what did he say? About, uh, talking about his, uh, Hair, which a lot of people do.
1: It is glorious and long and red.
2: But he's like... He is a a gingy. He's going on about it and says, and with the different hair care products that he uses, Dustin May smells amazing.
1: Oh, no. Like, uh, amazing?
2: No, like... Like it I mean, was He was making
1: his name into a pun.
2: No, 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 no. Oh,
1: he was saying it seriously. It,
2: I mean, maybe he was, but from when I first heard Joe it, Joe Buck's
1: kind of a funny guy. If you've seen him off of his broadcast, he's, he kind of gets it. He's not.
2: Know? Yeah. Um, but the he way- made
1: the joke about cam soda when they offered him to announce a porn. Remember that? What? He's like, yeah. Do you remember that? They, they, that site puts out these like letters. They send to all these famous people like, we'll pay you a, hundred, a million dollars if you do this. And they sent one to him and we're like, would you be a play-by-play announcer for this porno that we're shooting and he goes he he had a joke that was something like and that is a disgusting act <laughs> he had a joke that was something like they already have my money why would I, why would i need more from them <laughs> <laughs> like he gets it joe buck is funny he kind of he kind of gets it but and i've seen him on like pardon my take before the the barstool podcast i've seen him on there and he's a funny guy so i would I think, I think that was a funny, I don't think he was doing that in a creepy way. I think that was a, that was Joe Buck throwing a little flare into the world series. He's also so. in the middle of doing seven games in seven days, apparently. So he may just be on one at this point. <laughs> he's running on fumes. Yeah. He's just delirious.
2: The fumes of Dustin Mays guy, hair care products.
1: <laughs> he throw the guy, throws the glove on his field. He has nothing to say. Just what? what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hour two of the hot corner coming up. If you missed hour one, and you want to go back and listen to it. It is on the Leshwab tires podcast. At the end of the show, hour
2: one. Okay, I was gonna say I'm not. We're not even done with hour one yet. How can you go and listen to it
1: at the end of the show?
2: Give me a break. I'm not like you, Mike, who <laughs> literally the hour ends and you're already posting it. Yeah, well, the standard you've set at this station.
1: Live up to my standards, Joe. Come whenever on.
2: Whenever I fill in, I'm just getting berated on the text line on prime time. Oh, I get
1: I get berated when I'm off. <laughs> I got tweets yesterday. Like, true. why are these podcasts <laughs> labeled all weird? And I'm, he's like, are you on vacation? I said, yes.
2: <laughs> Leave me alone. That does always crack me up. When and then I, see I posted hour one
1: today and someone texted and was like, oh, thank God Mike is back. Hour one's already up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry, guys. You fiends. My sorry, mind. all you other shows that I've ruined the expectations for. But uh, yeah, put the podcast up immediately, Joe. Come on. It should be up right now. It's not even over. It should be up. Come on. Do it. Hour two. Fourth, 830 analytics versus old school talk coming up next this is the hot corner no patrick today on the fan
0: (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too